It's cool to to get things done your way. Uh huh. But it's better to get things done. Wow, um, that's like, a that's an awesome quote right there. Getting getting Dude. things done your way is you know like you're probably really good at it. But there's things that aren't getting done in your business. That wow, that's powerful. You could do better than anybody else because you should be the CEO. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Ecom Life with Brian and John. I'm John. I'm Brian. And um, today, I'm so excited. We have a super special guest on the podcast. This is a guy I've been following for years from far, but also he lives close by. He's here in Utah, close to where yeah, we are, which is, awesome. is pretty cool. So, John, I'm just going to give a quick introduction here. Uh, John, John has helped ha uh, thousands of entrepreneurs succeed in their business by outsourcing differently. He's created and runs Online Jobs PH, the largest website for finding Filipino virtual workers, with almost two million Filipino resumes and over three hundred thousand employers from around the world using it. He works about seven hours per week, choosing to spend time with his family rather than working. And so, welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. In fact, we were just talking. You were out biking right before this. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's really cool that, you know, you set up your life in a way that, uh, that allows you to do that. And so I guess that's where we wanted to start. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your online journey? What got you into online marketing? And then how did you transition over to, to outsourcing to the Philippines? I'd be really interested in hearing that story. So my online journey is that I'm a terrible employee. I'm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like bad. I, I only... <laughs> I only ever had, like I had a job in college and I had a job out of college and, and that job out of college I had for 10 months. And I was a bad employee. Like if I didn't have something to do, well, I didn't go ask for something to do. I'd just go work on my own projects. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. What, what was that job by the way? So I graduated from college in computer science. I was a programmer. Oh, oh you're a programmer. Okay. Yeah. And cool. so I was, I was working on my own online stuff, Uh huh. like even toward the tail end of college. And like the first thing that I ever did was completely illegal and I had no clue. Um, <laughs> you know, like I just had this really awesome idea. Like this is, this would be uh -huh. sweet. And, and I, so I built it and it, uh -huh. and of course it never worked. And then later I'm like, Oh, I had a couple of people tell me, yeah, you can't do that. That's totally <laughs> against all of these rules. Uh -huh. Oh, well that sucks. And so then I just tried something else. And so, you know, I'm like trying different things and I finally, uh -huh. I find something that works and this is, 2004. I know, man. You've been around a while. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I had this this vision that you know you start an online business because then everything's automated and you don't have to work very much. Like, oh yeah, right. That's a, that's a complete myth. Yep. And so I start. I you know I realized I'm I, I quit I had quit my job and I was you know living the dream of working, quit working full time to work 24 seven. You know. Um, <laughs> exactly. So I just started trying outsourcing and, and it sucked. And so like I hired a couple of people locally that could do the things that I knew, but then as soon as they realized what I was doing, they quit and they went and did it on their own. I tried hiring someone in India. That was a disaster. I tried hiring off of Elance, which is now Upwork. And that was cool until like the platform worked against me, like the concept of it worked against me in that and it, it's it's less so with upwork than it was with elance but with elance and it is still the same thing like someone's goal is to get a job finish that job so they can get paid and get a review right and then when they get a review they move on so that then they can get a higher paying job 
and they mm-hmm. get another review and get a higher paying job and get a review. And, and, and that's kind of how the platform makes more money. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the concept behind it. And so this, this dude wrote these 50 articles for me and I was so, so excited because I didn't have to do it and I hate writing. And, and then he sends them back to me and I checked the first few and they were great. And so I paid him and then I realized, oh my gosh, all the rest of the work from these articles falls on my shoulders. Mm. And I went back to him and he was already, he had already moved on. He was working at another job. Yeah. Like, oh, that sucks. I have to do all this work on my own. And I hated that work. And mm-hmm. then I started checking some of the other, other articles and they were plagiarized and like, no recourse for me. I already left uh, him a review and I already paid him. And, mm-hmm. oh, that was so disheartening for me. Like I thought I had figured this outsourcing thing out. And so then I got a, I got a really good tip from the owner of backcountry.com who mm-hmm. he, he also in Utah, although he, uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, that was really sad. So he said to me, you know, when you're ready to start outsourcing some of this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines with it. And I was like, hmm. huh, that, that was my reaction. Huh? Really? <laughs> and, and he was like, yeah, when, when you go to in India, when you tell them something and they say, yes, that means, yes, I heard something come out of your mouth. It doesn't mean, yes, I understood what you said. Right. And, and I was like, that's, you know, super different than what I had imagined. And he gave me a reference where I could hire someone. And I, and I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't know that there would be a difference. I just thought outsourcing was outsourcing. It sucks. Right. You know? It's painful. It's a headache. It's a babysitting job. And after a couple of months, I was finally, I finally decided it doesn't matter. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I'm overworked. I'm stressed. I don't have enough time in the day. I have to try something else. So whether this is it or not, I have to try it. And so I went through this agency to hire someone. I paid them 750 bucks a month. I didn't know that they were paying him 250 and they had just pulled this guy <laughs> off the streets. Like wow. they said, they said to me, do you want a programmer or a webmaster? It's like, well, I really, I, I want a content writer. They said, do you want a programmer or a webmaster? Like, okay, I'll take a, I'll take a webmaster. Fine. Um, <laughs> and really the guy knew nothing. He wasn't a webmaster. Yeah. They just pulled him off the street and gave him to me. And it was the most liberating experience of my life. This guy's full-time job, do anything I wanted him to do, anything I would teach him to do, he would do it. And so I started teaching like that whole process of writing articles and submitting them and what the whole thing, I taught him how to do it. And he did the whole thing and he still works for me today. Really? That was 2005. That's crazy, man. That is crazy, crazy. right? Right. Um, And and so like that was, that was my beginnings of. Uh-huh. I hired this guy full time in the Philippines. I didn't think I could afford full time. I didn't think I could keep him busy full time. I didn't know if he could actually do good work, which he did. He did, he knew nothing. The only thing he knew was English, and wow. it completely changed my business trajectory. It changed my role in the business. And there's so many things going on that that like I didn't think about or know, and that nobody would, you wouldn't think about until uh-huh. you've done it. So, John, how is it? Like you just said, how has it changed your role in your business by bringing somebody on overseas? Okay, so I'll talk about that first guy. And actually, it was, it was like him and the next person that I realized this. So I, I didn't want to hire them because mm-hmm. I didn't want to hire someone full time. I didn't want that commitment level. Right. You know, I wanted to pay someone hourly. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that happened was I give him this training. I teach him how to do something. He, I think it's going to take him like three days to do this thing, this thing. And like four hours later, I get an email that says, sir, I'm done. What do you want me to do now? <laughs> Isn't that so cool? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I was paying him hourly, I'd be like, yeah, sorry. I don't really care. I don't have anything for you to do. It doesn't matter what you do. Like, uh-huh. I don't care. 
But because I was paying him a salary, I did care. Uh -huh. And so I had to step away from what I was doing, which was the grunt work in my business, huh. because every business owner is doing the grunt work until you get it all off of your plate. Mm -hmm. And I had to figure out something to teach him which was working on my business for the first time ever. So I had to come up with something and I taught him it and he started doing it. And that was, that was like the, the, that was the really big shift to me was, okay, I'm now responsible to get other people to do work because they I've committed to them. They work full time. So I have to make sure that they're busy. Otherwise I'm, I'm wasting money, which, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not like a ton of money. Right. But, but it's also like how you keep someone working for you and loyal to you. You have to keep them busy. If they're mm -hmm. bored, then they're going to find another job. And so that was, that was the real shift to me. You, you can hire someone hourly. You can hire someone part-time. Cool. But it's not until you make that commitment to yourself that you're going to, you're going to pay someone full-time that you'll really transition into being the CEO. Dude, I really love that. In fact, one of the things I wanted to ask you because I know, I know you teach uh, salary versus uh, hourly, and it was one of the things I was going to ask you, but it makes so much sense because, it, like, mm -hmm. like you said, it forces you to, um, to, to work not in your business but on your business, you know, and that's the way it's, it's supposed to be. And I think in, in our industry, you know, on print-on-demand e-commerce, I think um, in talking with our students or with people that sell on our platform, one of the hard things for them is giving up that control to someone else. To delegate it. To delegate it. And so I guess my question to you, John, is like, did, did you have some of that where you felt like, hey, this is my baby. It's hard for me to give it to someone else, let alone someone overseas, you know, someone that doesn't understand our culture. Was that hard for you? Or if not... Uh, what, what, what would you tell people that are, are having that kind of thought where, man, I don't know if I want to outsource this. This is too important to me, this task. Okay. What would you say to them? So number one, I, I hope people aren't thinking you're going to hand over your baby, you know, like yeah. you're, you're not handing over your business to this person, mm -hmm. right? Hopefully the first thing you're doing is giving them a task. And, and this is where I'm going to be a little bit controversial. Give it to and, us. <laughs> in my That's life, I, I usually try and do things different than everybody else around me uh -huh. and it it's worked out pretty well for me so the worst advice i ever hear given is stick with what you're good at and outsource the rest huh the worst advice and that advice is just repeated people just repeat it because it sounds awesome like this is such a cool <laughs> saying stick yeah. with what you're good at and outsource the rest that's really good advice if you're really good at making sales like if that's right. your thing Cool. Stick with it. Uh -huh. I graduated in computer science. I was a programmer. Mm -hmm. Should I stick with programming? And, and how, do, how do you run a business? Like that, that doesn't work. Like I can make $200,000 a year, period. End of story. You know? Oh, you're really good at social media marketing. You should stick with social media. Mm -hmm. So are 7 billion other people who are really <laughs> good at social media. Right? Right. No. So when I tell people this, like you're, you have a hard time getting things off. Getting, handing things over, right? Taking, getting rid of control. The first person you hire should be to do something that you know how to do and that you can teach someone. Mm. So, and that's, that's when you know you're ready to hire someone. If you have a process in your business that, that you could teach someone else to do, you're ready to hire someone else. So like the reason that's the first thing you outsource is because everybody wants to outsource something that they don't know how to do. Like, oh, I, I need web help. So I, I want to hire a web person right? Mm -hmm. Cool. But you're already yeah. working 50 hours a week. 
you don't know how to manage this process of web mm-hmm. because you don't know anything about it. There's no such thing as just hire someone else, you know, bring them into your company and not manage them. That's not a thing. So now you're managing this process. You added another five or 10 hours a week of managing it. Now you're working 55 or 60 hours a week. You're not very good at managing it because you don't know how to do it. You're not, you're not managing the rest of your workload very well because you have even less time. You're, you are already overworked. It's just not a good situation, you know, and you don't know how to hire that person very well. You don't know how to interview. Like the whole thing is poor. On the other side of it, if you hire someone to do something you know how to do and you teach someone, well, you're working 50 hours a week. The first week, you're going to work 55 hours a week. The first couple of weeks until you get them going and getting it correct. Then you're going to work 45 hours a week because they took something off of your plate. And now you have freed up a little bit of time to, to do it again or again. Or now maybe you could do something else that you don't know how to do, right? Plus, it just makes the hiring process so much easier. If you hire someone to do something you know how to do, well... You know what to post in your job description. You know what skills you're looking for. You know what questions to ask when you interview. You know what the outcomes look like. You know how to provide training. You know how to provide feedback. The whole, the whole thing is just so much easier Mm -hmm. and it makes so much sense. So if you're having struggles giving something up, well, you're going to teach someone how to do it and you're going to teach them how to do it your way. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece of, so that, that's my, that's my thing that like the people that I know that succeed with this really well, that end up building a team of 10 or 20 or a hundred people start that way. They start Mm -hmm. by hiring someone to do something they know how to do. The other piece of that is that I almost forgot what I was going to say. It's cool to, to get things done your way, Uh but it's better to get things done. Wow. Um, That's a, that's an awesome quote right there. Getting, getting things done your way is, you know, like you probably really good at it, but there's things that aren't getting done in your business that wow, that's powerful. you could do better than anybody else because you should be the CEO mm-hmm. and you're not doing them. So, and to me, there's, you know, it was like this article process that I talked about. Like I was doing it. I hated it. I hated my life when I was doing it, but it was so effective. Mm-hmm. So I hired this guy in the Philippines to start doing it. No, he doesn't do it as well as I do, mm-hmm. but he does it. Mm-hmm. And I have time. And then I hired a programmer and no, the first programmer wasn't as good as me, but he does it. And the second program I hired was better than me. Wow. And the, so those things are getting done. And then I, finally I was able to focus on sales, which like what a concept in a business. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Bring money into the business. How does yeah, that work? That's, that's so cool. There are some quotes in there that are just gold, man. I really, I really appreciate, I appreciate your insight in that. I want to back up a little bit though. And you kind of touched on this and I know this is something you talk about a lot, but can you, can you kind of go into detail a little bit more why why you choose um, to outsource to the Philippines. I, I know there's cultural things and some other things that you talk about. I'd love for you to go into detail on that, so um, you know our sellers and our viewers can can understand some of the benefits specifically to the Philippines. Yeah, so there it was a mistake. That that's why I went to the Philippines. It was a mistake. Right? <laughs> I mean, I I had no idea that that yeah. there was a culture that you could find honest and loyal and hardworking and talented people who could work from home and have computers and internet access. And they're not entrepreneurial and they don't want to steal your business or your idea. Like I had no idea all these things, but this is what I found. So in the Philippines, there there's this culture of loyalty to where it's, it's almost like a fault of theirs where when you start, when you start working with someone, they'll never quit working for you as long as you treat them well which means you hire someone full time, you pay them a salary, you treat them well. 
And the first person I ever hired, 2005, still works for me today. Wow, that's just insane. So when he started, he knew nothing. Today, he manages onlinejobs.ph. Wow. As of, like, January of this year, he wow. now runs online jobs. Wow. Which is an eight-figure business. That's um, insane. That's awesome. And he can do anything. It's amazing, right? And I have people that have worked for me since 2007 and 2009 and 2010 and 2011. And that's like such a big deal for a small business owner is to find someone who's loyal. And, and then to find someone where the platform itself, the agency model or Upwork doesn't want to take them away from you, uh -huh. right? So that, that's a big deal with going to the Philippines and, and the way that I do it. Um, number two, everybody's first concern is, I don't know if I can trust this person, right? So, uh, and I've, I have two things to say about that. Um, one, the culture of the Philippines with foreign employers is one of honesty. Like mm -hmm. my guys in the Philippines have my credit cards. They have my bank account wow. information. They have access to my personal email account. They have access to my servers. <laughs> they, I mean, the only thing they don't do is they don't pay themselves. Because if they did, they would know how much each other made. A couple of them have my PayPal. Like, That's wild. Right? So theft laws in the Philippines are strict. And they have little tolerance for it. Huh. Digital theft laws, punishments for digital theft are double. Because Whoa. the government is on board with, with this outsourcing thing. The, wow. the gov Philippines government loves it. And they're on board. And they don't want to steal your crap. They yeah. don't want to steal your information. They don't want to steal your idea, which that's such a big deal in the Philippines. So like I have a friend that he went to a company in India to hire them to do something. And the first question they asked him was, well, what's your business model with this? He's like, well, wait a minute. My business model has nothing to do with this. Why do you, oh, we just want, well, what's your business model? <laughs> He's like, what are you, they, they don't, they want to know if they can steal the business idea. Right? Right. And in the Philippines, that's not an issue. They're not entrepreneurial. Yeah. They don't want to steal your idea. They don't want to do it on their own. Entrepreneurship is like kind of looked down upon in the Philippines. They like just want to risky. Um, you don't want to do that. You want a stable, secure job, which is hard to find in the Philippines. Right. So you kind of combine all these things together and you get this person that is working for you full-time working from home because they have their own computer and internet. The infrastructure in the Philippines has, has developed really well for this. They were, they're working at home, which is everyone's dream, working for a foreign boss, which is really interesting that it kind of elevates their social status among their peers. They're making as much or more than their friends make, but they don't have a two hour to work. They don't have a two hour commute. It's just a really, really good situation for them. And they'll do things to try and make sure they keep their job with you as long as you treat them well. And that's a really critical piece of this. You have to, you have to be willing to, they're going to make mistakes. You're not going to yell at them. You're not going to fire right. them. You're, you're going to, okay. So here's the other side of, of this. So people go into this thinking, I don't know if I can trust this person, right? Mm -hmm. It's the wrong attitude to go into this with the correct attitude is how do I gain this person's trust? Because they have the same feeling as you do but their feeling is stronger than yours. I don't know if I can trust this boss is their feeling. And it's mm -hmm. much stronger than your feeling of, I don't know if I can trust them. Really? Huh? Yes. So they're very scared of doing work and not getting paid. They're very scared of being embarrassed. They're very scared of 
being made to feel like they're not good. They're, these feelings are really, really strong in the Philippines. And so when you go into this, if you go into it with the attitude of how do I gain this person's trust in me, you'll find just an amazing experience in talent and loyalty and honesty. And you'll see all these things super quickly. Like you'll know that they're being honest with you because they'll tell you, sir, like you would have no idea. But they'll tell you, sir, uh, the internet was out for four hours today during my shift, so I couldn't work. I'm so sorry. I'll make it up for you tonight and on Saturday. Wow. Like, oh, yeah. I would, never would have known that. So That's crazy. Sweet. That's amazing. And, John, just real quick, too. This is a fascinating conversation. Go on for hours, honestly. Oh, yeah. But I do want to ask you, um, let's, say, let's say I'm someone. I have a Shopify store. I have, you know, certain tasks I want to get done right now. I just want to get a, someone in there. That's a VA that can just kind of help me upload designs, that kind of thing. I think one of the other barriers that people have is like cost. Like how much is this going to cost? I can't afford a, a virtual assistant. Right. So I know it's kind of hard, but can you kind of give us like an idea of what it, it costs to have um, an employee from the Philippines, like a full-time employee. And I yeah. know the task It's going to vary depending on task, obviously, but. Can you speak to that a little bit? Right. So I have, I'll just tell you a little bit about my team. I have like 40 people that work for me full-time in the Philippines. We, <laughs> we, um, I have no U.S. people except for me and my business partner. Uh, we try and we, we walk, we walk the talk, right? Huh? They make between 400 and $2,000 a month for full-time work. I have one person, I think that I, I pay hourly. She's probably my highest paid person at like twelve fifty an hour. And I hate it. I hate the hourly thing. And that's what she insisted on. Mm -hmm. So uh, on the low end, you have like data entry where like anybody can do data entry and, and they're good at it in the Philippines and 450 bucks, 400, 450 bucks a month for full-time work. On the high end, you have like a Facebook ads person or a really high-end user interface designer or really good programmers. And, and then, then I have a, like, there's a bunch of people in the middle that are like, I mean, like really talented and they write content or they do customer support or they do data verification or they programmers, uh, like a graphic design or video editor or video audio editor or, um, like front end web stuff. And, and so stuff like this is like, you're going to start, you're going to find entry level people at like $600 a month for full-time work. And then they're going to go up from there. Like a couple of my people are making like a thousand or 12 or $1,300 a month now, mm -hmm. but they've been with me since, I mean, they've been with me since 2010, you know? So like we keep raising their salary and they're, and they're, you know, and that's probably really good wage for someone in the Philippines, right? Yeah. Uh, so $400 a month is not a good wage. It's, okay. It's okay. So the cost of living in the Philippines for like a family of three is probably going to be like, $1,500 a month. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And they probably live with their parents. So, you know, there's a husband and a wife and a grandparent who are contributing to the family's salary, uh, the family's income. So, and that's how they, that's how they do it in the Philippines. I mean, this is super, super common. So they're, they're making enough to live. The grandmother probably is watching the grandkids while the parents go to work and her husband works also. That's most situations. I'll just tell you, so as an example, I have a husband and wife who work for me. They probably, I don't know how much they make because I don't do payments. My business partner handles all the payments. They probably make $1,800 a month, $2,000 a month, something like that. And I know that they have bought a house. Mm -hmm. So they live on their own with, with, with their child. Um, you know, they're, 
they're doing they're doing well. They're not like living high, but they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Just just real quick, I just wanted. I, I I read back in the day. This has been a while with you. Um, you don't you don't just stop at your business. If, am I right? Do you have them do like personal tasks for you as well? I think I remember you saying you had them pay your your bills. You had them schedule appointments with doctors. Is is that true? And if so, what's the craziest thing that you've had outsourced? <laughs> so I have said things like, "Hey, I need to renew my passport. I don't know how." Will you either do it if you can or figure it out for me and tell me exactly what to do? Or like, uh, I want some nine millimeter ammo. I don't really know anything about it. Here's my credit card. Buy it. <laughs> so like it shows up at my house. Yeah. But I, I've, I've talked to some other people that have like, man, they've handed off some, I mean, like you're going to manage my calendar. Which to me just seems insane, but huh. yeah, they manage people's calendars and it's surprising what you can do. And people are always like, oh, what if they know how much money there is? Then uh, like, is that going to, no, it's not going to cause a problem. It's not like they yeah. understand their role. They Oh, interesting. Sorry. Did you have a question? Yeah, no, I was just thinking back on, on what you were saying. Like one of my biggest things when, when we started Quadra itself, and this is what I told John as well. For me, it's not as much about the expertise that the person has that we're bringing onto our team, but it's about their their desire, their their ability to learn, their ability to grow, and their desire to be a part of the team. That's more important to me because it's like what you're saying about the guy you hired in 2005, right? He didn't know what he was doing, but you worked with him, you taught him. And he grew into that. And I think that's one of the biggest things as an entrepreneur that we fail at when we, I always say there's three things that you should always do in your business. That's automate, delegate, and eliminate, you know? And I think that's one of the biggest things that we always kind of fail at is that we bring somebody onto our team and then we don't train them correctly. We don't do, we don't put in the work to help them grow. And then we call it their failure, not our failure, you know? Yes, I know. So this is such a good point, And let me talk about a couple things with it then. So number one, these are humans. Like people so often think you're outsourcing. It's a robot. You know, like, <laughs> oh, either they're going to do it right or I'm going to fire them. And this is a human being with mm -hmm. feelings and family and problems and kids. And, mm -hmm. you know, like they're not going to do it perfectly the first time. That's one. Um, number two is you have to train. Like you've got to train the people that you're hiring. Um, and, and it's more important with someone in the Philippines than it is in the U S it's expected there. Like it's backed by the government. They call it OJT on the job training. Huh. Um, if you're not willing to train someone, th this is how you gain their trust in you. You give them training, you give them training and they realize, Oh, this employer cares about me. He cares about my success. He cares that I do well at this job. I'm going to work hard for him. Mm -hmm. And then there's. This is, I, I love that you brought this up. You're hiring a human with a personality. You're not hiring a skill. Mm -hmm. And so many people are like, you know, like, and I need this skill. Cool. Hire it for me. No, we, I won't. <laughs> um, because if I hire that skill for you, you're going to fail with this person and blame it on me because you suck as an employer because you're too lazy to hire someone. And you don't, you won't realize you have to hire someone, pers a personality that meshes with your personality. Mm -hmm. And if you just hire a skill, you hire the first person that you look at because they have the skill, man, like it's, it just doesn't work like that. So yeah, yeah. totally. It's a person. And I think it goes, 
I think it goes down to like what you're saying, right? So it's do their values mess with my values? Are they like my personality? Is it someone that I can really work with? But it goes back to what you're saying before, right? Like a lot of times we want to get things done perfectly, but it's just better to just get it done, right? And I was listening to, I can't remember the name of the podcast, but it was a quote from Jeff Bezos. And he said that you need to you need to understand the details of your business, right? Like you said, you can't outsource something that you don't understand. You know, you, you need to know the details of it at least. Then you can outsource it, right? And then it's all about being clear on your vision, but not having to be into the details of everything. People are going to get things done differently than you're going to get it done. And I think like what you're saying, once you've done the hiring process correctly, once you've brought someone on that you know that you can work with, you as an owner, you're growing and being more understanding to the mistakes and things like that, but working with them, then you can start to step back and let them take care of the details, but then be clear on how your vision needs to be with the company, you know? And I think that's super powerful when it comes mm -hmm. to outsourcing for sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that you called it a hiring process and I hate that you called it a hiring process because <laughs> people don't want a process, right? Like yeah. everybody listening to this is like, oh, I... I just want you to find someone for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's just, it's just not how it works. Uh -huh. You know, like you're, you're not finding a skill. You're uh -huh. a person and it, and it, it has to be a process to find someone. It doesn't have to be a complicated process. It doesn't have to be a difficult process. It doesn't have to be a super time consuming process, but there is a process. Um, even yeah. though people don't want to hear that and they're like, Oh, I'll just go to an agency and they'll find someone. Yeah, that's um, cool. They'll pull someone off the street for you. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tony Robbins, he, uh, he talks about, uh, any skill that you want to learn, right? It's usually been done. Right. And he's like, I can't remember how he explained it exactly, but he, he goes into baking. Right. And he says, Joe, the baker is the best at baking cakes. Right. He's like, if you want to learn his process, he might've written down a recipe. Right. But if he hasn't written down a recipe, then you need to go to Joe, the baker and have him bake a cake in front of you. And you write down everything that he's putting into that cake. And I think going into that process, my, my background is I, I did quality auditing for years in manufacturing for medical devices and, and things like that. And so WIDs and SOPs are important to me. WIDs are, you know, standard oper or you've got standard operating procedures, which are SOPs and then work instruction documents. And for me, it's, those things are so crucial to me because as you're training somebody, you need to be documenting how that works so that then you understand exactly how you baked that cookie, right? And then you can teach them how to bake that cookie. And there's there's documents to go back on if you have a question on something, you know? And I, I think a lot of times we want to just cut corners and we're like, I'll just train this person really quick, get them off my plate. And then months later, you find out that they've been doing it wrong the whole time because there was no procedure to help them understand what they were doing. Do you ever do things like that? Yes, actually. So I think that your perspective on it is correct. And mine is not like creating standard operating procedures is the better way is the best way to do this, but I suck at it <laughs> <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, and I think that that right there prevents a lot of people from taking the step like, oh, then I have to train them. Then I have to like document all this stuff. And, and for you, that, that's probably like an easy driver for you. This mm -hmm. is what, like, you like that. I hate it. Yeah. And um, so for a lot of people, I think they, it, it's a barrier to them oh, hiring yeah. someone. And so I have done it the way you would never do it my way. But <laughs> I, I hire someone and then I'm going to document something as I teach them. 
Oh, yeah, that's a great way to do it, too. And frankly, my instructions suck the first time, and so do yours. Well, I don't know about yours. Maybe yours are great, but oh, people mine listening suck. to this, your yeah. instructions suck. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you right now. Your documentation sucks. Oh, yeah. And I know that because I've seen it. <laughs> like, I'll get people that'll, that'll be like, oh, this person sucks. They, they don't know how to follow instructions. Look, I gave these instructions to them four <laughs> times. Look at this. And then they send me their instructions. I'm like, dude, I have no clue what you're asking me to do here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've seen that in myself. Like, oh, man, why are they not doing this right? I've explained it three times. And finally, I go back over my instructions and I'm like, oh, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's one of the really great things that I found with the Philippines is as long as you treat the person well. And when they do it wrong, you don't yell at them. You say, hey, thank you for trying. I'm sure this is my fault. Mm-hmm. So here's some more instructions. I'm going to try this again. If that's the attitude you take at it, then one, you can create your documentation over time. Um, two, they're not leaving because you treat them well. Three, even if it takes you four or five, eight times, and yes, it takes you a couple months, like you said, once you get it right, well, that person now works for you for a really long time. And now they can document the process for you again yeah. or teach the next person to do it. You outsource the instruction process. <laughs> that's what I have done no that's the best thing to do it's always it's for me it goes back to the fact that you're you're automating or delegating right and then it eliminates it off of your plate and so anything that you understand like you're saying if you understand a process or you understand a certain skill right or whatever right you're going to take that train somebody else on it you're delegating that to them right and then it becomes automated it's literally there in your system and it's being taken care of, right? It might not be to your perfection level, right? But it's at least getting done. It's getting every done, day. like you said earlier. Yeah, it's moving forward. It's that momentum that you need as a company. Yeah, to me, people ask like, "What's your definition of success, or what brings happiness?" Progress. That's it. Mm-hmm. Progress. Yeah, progress. And like hiring someone is is progress. Getting them to make do something super terribly is progress. You know, like having them improve is progress. Having them do it without me having to do it, even if it's not done my way, is still progress. Oh, yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Listen, man, we really appreciate your time. You've been so generous with us. Just to wrap up, um, just one last question. I'm wondering, and I know this just because I followed you, I've been following you, but can you kind of tell us what your life is like now that you outsource? Tell us as as much as you feel comfortable with, because I know you only work about 15, 20 hours a week. I just want people to get a sense of what this can look like for them when it's done right. So yeah, I work about 15, 17, I call it 17 hours a week. That's kind of where Mm -hmm. I found my sweet spot. So often it's below that. It's never over 20 just because my family lifestyle doesn't allow that anymore. Even if I wanted Mm -hmm. to work more than 20 hours a week, it's impossible. So yeah, like I got up this morning and I got my kids breakfast and I went on a bike ride with my wife and rushed back to, for this appointment. And (laughs) Um, after this, I will do a couple hours of work and then I will stop in the afternoon at some point and spend time with my wife and my kids. And I'll probably leave tomorrow. So today's Tuesday. I'll probably leave tomorrow and go to go on a trip with my, with two of my daughters, mountain bike national championships. I took, I don't know if, if you saw this, but I just spent a month in Europe with my whole family, my wife and my kids. We rode our bikes across Europe. I did. Oh, yeah, I follow you on Instagram. Cool. Yeah. For a month, I didn't take a laptop with me, which, <laughs> you know, like that's, you imagine man, that? that's so freeing <laughs> yeah. to, to not 
have that and to have the business still making progress, to have my newsletters that I that are from me go out four times a week, even though someone else is writing it. You know, Facebook ads are still running. That That's a big deal. And I came home and I was home for six days and I went to a church youth camp for five days. And I came home for one day and I went to Lake Powell for 10 days. <laughs> and I've been home for a week and a half now. But like a typical day is... During school, I get up and get my kids ready for school. There you go to school. They're gone at nine o'clock. I will go ski or ride my bike, depending on the season. I come home and I work for a couple hours. My kids come home from school at, you know, three o'clock and I'm done for the day. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible. That's um, so cool. You have to make choices towards it, though. Like you have to make choices with who, who's going to do this work. What's this thing that we have coming in? Whose time does this require? Does it require my time? Am I selling myself? Yeah. Because I won't sell myself. Wow. When do, you, when do you feel like you got to that point in your business that you could outsource? Because I know that's a struggle for a lot of entrepreneurs is like spending the money and taking that responsibility away from themselves and adding somebody else to their company. I think a lot of times we choose money over freedom, right? Yeah. We choose the fact that we're like, oh, this is going to be $400, $500 a month. I choose the money, right? Rather than yeah. having the freedom. How long, how long do you think it took you to get to that point where you felt great about outsourcing? So I'm super freedom driven. That's mm -hmm. I'm time freedom, financial freedom, responsibility freedom, which I have all of those things. Mm-hmm. That's a driving factor in my life. But in the beginning, when I, when I got there, I was, I just knew I, I can't do this for 40 more years. You know, I was like 25, 26 at the time. And like, I, I can't, I can't work like this for 40 more years and alone and knowing every single day that I'm not getting everything done that I need to get done. But a good answer for most people is what I said before of you're ready to start outsourcing when you have something in your business that you could teach someone else to do. Mm. That's, That's a good answer. You're ready. That, hire someone. Mm -hmm. Get someone in the Philippines to do that thing. Teach someone else to do it. And, and be prepared. They're not going to do it right the first time. But then, then you're getting something off of your plate and you're, you're moving towards that freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And yep, it's going to cost you 500 bucks a month. And it's a commitment. You commit to yourself. Yes, I'm going to build my business. Yeah, hmm. that's awesome. It's powerful. Well, listen, man, thank you so much again for joining us today. Uh, where, where can people find out more about you? Where can they go to, to hire people in the Philippines? Yeah. So I, I'll give you a couple things. So onlinejobs.ph is is the site where you hire people. That's mm -hmm. the biggest place. It's the There are a couple other things like it now. They're kind of small, but they exist. Uh, for a long time, there was nothing else. Like when mm -hmm. I started it, I built it to for myself. And now there are a couple others. But so onlinejobs.ph, if you're interested in my hiring process, how exactly how I find someone, and I, the reason I put this together was because years ago I realized I don't question whether I'm going to find someone good or not. I know I'm going to find someone good mm. basically every time. So I put my process, uh, I'm, I made it available. I recorded it and made it available. It's at, that's at onevaoa.com. If you just want to get questions answered, ofsguide.com. So I, I, didn't, I didn't, we didn't talk about this, but I stopped calling them VAs. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, because nobody wants to hire a VA. Nobody wants a secretary. That's what people think a VA is. Like it's a data mm -hmm. entry person that can, that can only follow instructions. And that's not who I hire. And that's not how you want to hire. You want to hire a specialist, someone who's really good at something. I call it OFS, Online Filipino Specialists. So mm -hmm. OFSguide.com, I answer the top nine questions that I get. And then if you want to contact me, like if you have questions, email, you can, if you use the contact us link at any of these places, it doesn't come to me. But obviously, 
<laughs> but um, but if you ask, if you say, hey, this is a question for John, uh-huh. it will get forwarded to me and I will respond to you personally. Okay. Um, you can try me on social media. I never get on social media. I hate social media. Uh, <laughs> but if you contact me on Facebook or Instagram or I don't know, wherever, Twitter, cool. or someone in the Philippines will see it. Okay. They'll probably I'll... screenshot it and send it to me and say, how do you want me to respond to this? And then they'll respond to you with what I said. Cool. And we'll, we can have and a whole all, conversation like that. It's all at John Jonas, right? Just to make sure on your yeah, So on Twitter, it's at John Jonas on Instagram. I think it's John Jonas official. Yeah. Facebook okay. is probably John Jonas one, but I don't know for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks again, man. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please give us a subscribe, like this video, and uh, we'll see you next time on Ecom Life. See you guys. Thanks, okay, thanks. John. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching this video. If you liked it, could you do me a huge favor and like this video? Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got tons of great content there. And if you want to connect with us on social media, check out the links in the description. And we look forward to seeing you there.